0: This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80.
1: my We came into the season with one team that seemed to have everything but an answer at coach. And now in the NBA, as we watch that team excel, the question becomes, are the Boston Celtics in championship or bust move mode? It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app series, XM Channel 80. We'll get back to the NFL, I promise. We got plenty of uh, Super Bowl content to break down, plenty to say about Sean Payton. But after what I saw last night, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance, we got to get into the Celtics, HD, because last night, I actually turned, in the first quarter, I turned on the game. And it was 41-13 at the time. The Celtics <laughs> were over the Nets. And I genuinely thought it was a graphic mistake. I thought it was 14-13 and I had just missed something. And then I listened to Dorsburg for about two minutes and I realized that, no, this was just an absolute demolition of the Nets. Now, I know the Nets shorthanded. There's a lot of reasons we can make excuses for that. But the Celtics are playing so incredibly well that we are watching the expectations shift in front of our eyes.
2: Well, and I think it's championship of bust for this team. We we looked at w- what they were able to do last year and make the NBA finals before losing to the Golden State Warriors, and the Golden State Warriors is just one team that had their number. Um, the first game they played this season, the Golden State Warriors, was w- was without Steph Curry, and they still was able to get a win. But recently... That game against Golden State went in an overtime, and the Boston Celtics were able to prevail in that and actually get a win. I thought that was good for the mental makeup, uh, especially against a team that you know has has definitely been having your number of late and beating you in the NBA Finals. But I like the way their team is built, uh, built on a lot of guys that can you know defend a multiplicity of different positions on the court right now. Marcus Smart is out, but. You, you have guys like Devin White who can step in. I mean, Derek White that can step in and you don't miss a beat. Also, I think the addition of Brogdon this year has really paid those, those guys dividends. And Al Horford, man, Al Horford being able to shoot those spot-up threes has really been beneficial for this team. And for all you kids out there – The game has evolved, and Al Horford at one point in his career wasn't, you know, a guy that can just consistently make that three-pointer. But he had the audacity, and I say the audacity because he had to, to work on his game and understand the kind of shots that he's going to get when you have a Jason Tatum and you have a Jalen Brown on your team. Hey, you know what? those guys are going to get double teamed most of the time. Let me work on these spot up threes cuz these are the looks that I'm going to get in the game and he's been consistent in making them.
1: Yeah, it's interesting to me because when I think about the Celtics, it's the fact that they can beat you in so many different ways. True. that really stands out, right? And and last night for anyone that didn't see the game, at one point the Celtics were up by 49. They were shooting 60% through three quarters. All right, when you talk about they got a 139.96 win in a game that frankly wasn't as close as that score. Let me say that again. And it didn't even feel that close. Tatum scores 31 with nine boards. Jalen Brown, 26. And what I kept thinking about is like, this is the true two-headed monster. You're right. What they have, it almost feels... Let me use the, the, the football analogy. It almost feels like they got a Christian McCaffrey and a Debo Samuel that can do a million different things and beat you a million different ways. And then everybody else around them is just really good at their job. And so suddenly what I'm seeing is a team that can beat you all over the floor. They can... Can beat you on both ends of the floor and they can absolutely embarrass you. It's the eighth time this year Tatum and Brown have scored at least 25 in the same game. Like, that's a level of duo dominance. Like, that's not Batman and Robin. That's Batman and Batman. And, and, and the biggest question mark they had was, would they have a coach giving everything that happened before the season started uh, with Ime Odoku? And instead, we find out, yes, they have a coach and maybe they have a roster so good it doesn't matter who their coach is.
2: Yeah, I think Joe Mazzulla has done a great job with this team and he actually does look like Mr. Burns. I had to say that from, I, from the now Simpsons. that you've
1: said that, I'm never going to forget that. Like he does. <laughs> uh, there's a little Mr. Burns's ass thing about it. like <laughs> yeah. that. That that is that is ingrained in my mind. That's your fault. But
2: I, th- I think um, what happened to this team last year. Uh, in January, right? The flip got switched and they understood how they had to be defensively. I think it's also carried over uh, that the baseline of their team, yes, you have these offensive guys that can put the ball in the basket but all of these guys are committed to the defense end and when you have, you know, your superstar and Jason Tatum and you know, your your other player and Jalen Brown those guys committed to that end of the floor along with Robert Williams who protects the rim, I think it's going to trickle down to every uh, every everyone else on that team. Marcus Smart is another anchor, even though he's not playing right now, but another player I think is key for their team, Grant Williams and I watched Grant Williams when he was at Tennessee at college and mm. I love this game there, but him being able to shoot the three ball, uh, also get those tough rebounds and be be a pest on defense because he has the size and the strength to guard down in the post has been phenomenal for this team they made 26 threes last night, Fitz. My God. They were raining threes from them. It, it got to one point I think they came down, it had to be three or four times consecutively and hit three-pointers in that game. But what what can't get lost in, in that matchup versus the Nets – Kyrie Irving is a magician with that basketball. My gosh.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, Kyrie, oh, my goodness. Kyrie Irving did a ton of heavy lifting uh, in a in a game that, that, frankly, was just out of hand. So you're right. It is easy to forget that, uh, that it, overall the way he played. Uh, that being said, there's one thing that I think is really going to make a huge difference for the Celtics this season. I'll tell you what it is in a second. But first, hear what Jay Will had to say on, on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max this morning about championship or bust.
2: There is no better time in basketball for Boston to win a world championship than right now. Jason Tatum has elevated to elite status. I think Jalen Brown is the best shooting guard in the NBA. I think they have all the pieces from Peyton Pritchard to, and Marcus Smart is not even playing, okay, to, you know, get Robert Williams had probably his best game back last night since he came back in December. Mm-hmm. Joe is up for coach of the year, even though he's had his little ups and downs. Um, but there was no better time in basketball than this year for the Celtics to win a championship. So, yes, it, it's championship or nothing for the Celtics. But
1: dude, I think for me, part of the reason I'm buying into the Celtics is because the last several years they've had deep. Playoff runs, right? Like mm-hmm. we always hear about There's how playing that
2: consistency, uh, right? Uh, consistency, and, and with, this, it, with, with this team,
1: we hear about how you got to learn how to play playoff basketball, and and we all know that playoff basketball is different than regular season basketball because of the in adjustments made in each series, right? Yep. So the more experience you get dealing with that the more it sort of prepares you for that. I, I, I don't know that they they could be more prepared for a long run and knowing what it takes to get through. Now, they've been beat a couple of times, but this is where I think context matters. When you're beat by an all-world team or an all-world moment or somebody that's super hot, you just got to learn from that. You got to take your lumps. What did you just say with Rod Woodson a little bit ago that uh, you always heard from Dick LeBeau? Like, sometimes you get the bear and sometimes the bear gets you. Mm-hmm. But either way, you get experience through that process. Like, this feels like a Celtics team that now is so molded together and understands the big moments, that that only makes me, that's like another sort of coin in the piggy bank that that makes me feel like they're in a good spot.
2: But I will also add this, because I I can't sit up here and talk about the Celtics this entire time and not mention that it's not going to be a cakewalk in the East. The East is better than the West this season and when you look at them who potentially can stand in their way i look at the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis he, he's always going to be a question in the game in the series last year these two played you know the bucks almost won that series without chris middleton now you're going to get chris you're going to have chris middleton along these playoffs granted anything you know silly happens but you look at the Philadelphia 76ers and their last 10 they're 8 and 2 and i look at the schedule for the Boston Celtics right now and within their next six games they have three games that i circled and it's the one versus the 76ers it's the one against the Memphis Grizzlies and it's the one against the uh, the Milwaukee Bucks those are three games I want to see if they can go two and one uh, within those three games uh, the Boston is sitting in a great. They already sit in the great spot, but I think they they're sitting even better.
1: I will never doubt the Milwaukee Bucks at this point because I think they have the best player in the world right now. I also think that they have a bunch of people that have been there, done that, and they understand cruise control through the regular season. They understand when they need to push. I love the Bucs, so it's hard for me to say championship or bust only because there are other really great teams that the Celtics would have to get through, to your point. That being said, there is no reason they can't, in their locker room, just like every other locker room, expect to be in that championship conversation. That is a, In today's NBA, if you are in that finals conversation, that, that in and of itself gives you the situation to win, the circumstance to win. I think they're there. It's just a question of can they close the deal.
2: But here's the thing, too. And two teams I didn't mention, and well, I'll say three teams, and the Brooklyn Nets when they finally do get Kevin Durant back because the way Nick Claxton, Claxton is playing this season is unbelievable. On, on the offensive side and on the defensive side of the ball um, they're, they're able to get a little bit of help from other guys uh, coming off the bench. The Cleveland Cavaliers even though they haven't lived up to the expectations uh, that we had for them so far this season. They haven't been playing the best basketball but they still do have the pieces in place to push forward and you can never count out you know, the Miami Heat and what they've been able to do over the- last few years too.
1: That speaks to how many qualified championship caliber teams there could be this year. So I'm not going to put necessarily this, this huge pressure of like, you failed if you don't get there because I think there are so many great teams but they are amongst those great teams and that raises the pressure to get it done right now. O'Reilly Auto Parts always getting it done. They offer convenient options for you to get your parts quickly. Place your order at OReillyAuto.com and Pick it up at your local store. They'll even bring it to your curbside. How easy is that? Or have your parts delivered right to your door with free shipping on most orders over 35 bucks. There's one NFL team that has been absolutely criticized more than any other for the last two years. And today, I'm throwing them a parade of praise. I'll tell you why next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Hall of Famer and former Atlanta Hawk Dikembe Mutombo created his foundation in 1997 with the mission to improve living conditions in his native Democratic Republic of Congo. He has led several basketball clinics and team building exercises from South Sudan to Atlanta.
0: the podcast.
2: This is Fitz and Harry. We used to practice it Saturday mornings in our walkthroughs and stuff, and I had a a little package. You had a little Little package? Little did they know. Harry Douglas got a little package? At that time, I had a little package. (laughs) 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 I'm all grown up now, baby. I'm all grown
1: up now. (laughs) I think Evan, producer, has now quit this show. (laughs) Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM XM Channel lady. Usually when we play things like that, I like to come back and really work it into what we're talking about. But he's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz, and I realized that everything I was thinking of was just going to get me fired. So we're just going to keep moving forward. (laughs) We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry, I want to absolutely throw effusive praise I want to come in right now and I want to throw wild amounts of praise I cannot believe like I'm gonna say something that I don't think has been said in the NFL world in at least two years holy cow did the Houston Texans hit a home run like, think about it. We've spent years questioning everything that that degenerate franchise has done and looked at everything that the Texans have done along the way and said, oh my God, what are you thinking? When are you going to run things the right way? We've co- we've questioned their co- their coaching firings. We've kept questioned their coaching hirings. And now, with the hiring of D'Amico Ryans, I am doing cartwheels saying, I think my guy, I think the Texans got somebody that will stand out in this whole class as being better than Sean Payton. I think they got somebody that will stand out in this whole class as being better than whoever the Colts are going to go with. I think the Texans got the home run higher in this coaching class.
2: They also got someone, and he's done it at a high level in the coaching ranks because he was a defensive coordinator for the number 1 defense in football this season. we also seen what that defense did last year. Tremendous job by him. But not only has he done it at the coaching level, he did it at a very high level as a player. Right? with the Houston Texans when he went to Philly, but a guy who was the uh, defensive rookie of the year in 2006, he was a first-team All-Pro, he's made Pro Bowls. He understands what what it looks like to be excellent and have a standard and, and, and be great and want to be great, though, and sustain greatness. And Anytime you get a guy like J.J. Watt, who, who a lot of people view as a leader and someone that uh, they can look up to uh, off the field and both football-wise, that's who J.J. Watt followed. That's who J.J. That's who took J.J. under their wings was D'Amico Ryan's. And for J.J. to come out and say the things that he said about uh, D'Amico Ryan's, I think it number one, like you mentioned, it is a home run hitter for the Houston Texans, a guy that can not only speak the language. Uh, on the football field but also can speak the language within the locker room but can also go up there and throw that suit on with management and speak their language as well. I think it's very imperative that you have coaches like that, especially a head coach, because now when you have players on your team and everybody goes through things. Now that player's not going to be hesitant to come talk to his coach about any and everything because his coach knows what it's like and he knows his coach knows what it's like to be on this side of things as a player.
1: Let me give you three reasons why I think D'Amico Ryans works with the Houston Texans. Number one, you just mentioned it, he played for the organization. Mm -hmm. So he knows the organization. He knows what he's getting into. He knows the culture. He knows the ownership. He knows the city. He knows how to relate to the way they do business. I think for any coach, that's huge because he can come in and say, I will be my own man, but I understand the system I'm coming into. That's reason number one that I think he's absolutely a great hire. Reason number two you just mentioned, he comes from San Francisco, a place that understood how to build a roster with some level of patience, right? Like a place that that understands they need to come in and build an entire roster. So I'm looking at a team that needs a bunch of things, picking first in the draft or picking second in the draft, saying you don't have to reach with desperation because frankly, you've got somebody that understands understands, hey, what we do is take the best player available and we will worry about every position as we fill our needs. I think that's a patient way to build it. And that leads me to number three. The most important reason I think he works, he got a six-year contract. (laughs) NFL coaching contracts are fully guaranteed. So my guy just got six years of fully guaranteed money. When you get a six year contract, you automatically get more patience from ownership. You automatically get a little more leash. The smartest thing he could have done was negotiate for a long term deal because we know the history in Houston. He now comes in and says, I know your history and if you want me, the way I look, who I am as a person to come in and be your coach, then you're going to have to pay me more and you're going to have to pay me longer because I'm not going to let you do what you did to everybody else. If the Texans made Ooh, that deal, that speaks to the fact that he will work long term.
2: And that's why I'm glad that Houston, Texas came out and gave him a six-year deal because we've seen a Lovey Smith not have a, a long period of time to be able to make change. We've seen David Cully, who I'm very fond of. David Cully gave me my first workout. In the National Football League no when way. he was when he was with the Eagles. Came to Louisville, worked me out. It was me and Deshaun uh, Jackson that he worked out. He w- went to Cal to go work Deshaun Jackson out, and that's who they took, uh, the Eagles, when he was under Andy Reid. But you know, we've seen David Culley not really get a fair chance and got a raw deal being a first-year head coach. Um, Lovey Smith only lasted one year. D'Amico Ryans, like you mentioned, Fitz, he played for that organization. He knows that city inside-out. He knows uh, the front office inside-out. He's going to be able to relate to these players. So you give him a six-year deal, and that's why I do feel like it's different more so than the first two guys, the last two guys that were head coaches there, Uh, and and hopefully he does great things.
1: Yeah, the Texans got to get it right. And the interesting thing is there's a window right now in the AFC South where you can look at it and say, okay, there's one team. I think we all agree the Jags look like they took a meteoric step forward, right? They did. How did they do that? They drafted who Young happened
2: to, Who are going to get Calvin Ridley added to their team next year as well.
1: Right. So you look at that and say, okay, now you got a team right there in Jacksonville that's figured it out. They figured out the players by being patient in the draft, taking great players when they had the opportunity. They also figured out the coach by getting Doug Peterson. So there's your model in the division. The Titans right now are in this sort of weird in-between where they have some talent to win games, but not enough talent to win a bunch of games. And there are real question marks about what short-term and long-term the organization looks like. And I'd say the same thing about the Colts. On paper, they have some talent, but it was an abject disaster. If I'm the Texans, I'm looking around saying, man... If we have our coach and we can address some of these roster holes for a team that did fight hard this year, can we turn some things around? For a team that did have like you know some revelations due to injury they lost, but they've got some skill players that they think can play. If they can make this work, they can have a quick ascension in a division that is simply not as good as the AFC East or the AFC West.
2: And I don't know, did Dabiko did Ryans hire, hire an offense coordinator yet? I don't not think yet. so. I'm looking to see who, is, who his offensive coordinator is going to be, who his defensive coordinator is going to be. Uh, because that division, uh, like you mentioned, Jacksonville, I think, is the team right now. Uh, I wouldn't sleep on the Tennessee Titans only because when you have Mike Vrabel as your head coach, Fair. you always have a chance. The thing with the Titans is that they got to they, they gotta figure out three things what they're going to do with Ryan Tannehill, are they going to keep him? They got to revamp that offensive line uh, because that, 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 that has not been a bright spot for them the last few years. And also, the secondary has to be better. And the most important thing guys have to be healthy. I look at the last two years for the Tennessee Titans. They've had key players healthy, consistent—I mean, uh, not healthy on a consistent basis. Those guys got to get to the point to where they can stay healthy throughout the duration of a season so you don't have any drop-off and you're looking to play, you know, guys that that were supposed to play special teams only now in those key
1: spots. I love what you started off by talking about the offensive coordinator. I say this loudly— Anytime a coach is hired, we got to remember they go in with a huge book to these interviews typically, and they review the roster and they have a plan of how they're going to build their business, how they're going to do uh, off-season workouts, what they're going to do every day in practice. They present all of this to the organization, and part of what they present are the list of people that they think they can bring in as coordinators. Mm-hmm. So anytime a brand new coach comes in and you see reports that this co- they couldn't get this coordinator, they couldn't get this coordinator, they couldn't get this coordinator, they start running down that list, that is always a flag of concern for me. I, I look and say, man, they went in and sold this book. Did they really have the plan that they thought they had? So I think all eyes should be on who the coordinators, anytime you have a first-time coach, who are the coordinators? That being said, man, what you talked about earlier, D'Amico Ryan's knows this organization, he knows players, he knows how to relate to both. I can't imagine not wanting to be part of his staff. I can't imagine not wanting to watch NBA action tonight. The Cavs host the Grizzlies. Hell of a game presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. In the meantime, someone who helped put Tom Brady on the right side of Super Bowl history will talk to us next. That's that's next on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80.
0: Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
1: To have the opportunity to run out in front of 90,000 fans and play a game that I love, you feel this vibrancy to your life when you go out there. And, you know, it brings back the most amazing memories in my life. It's going to be a hell of a story. The
0: Patriots Super Bowl. America. As the confetti flies. Yeah,
1: win the Super Bowl. It's a love that Kobe had for basketball, that Michael Jordan had for it, that Tiger Woods had for golf. Football is my first love. I'm forever indebted to the game. and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and of course your smart speakers just ask him, hey, play ESPN Radio. He's Harry Douglas, I'm Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance and the Wolfpack grows by one. I keep telling you one of the best things about working with Harry, my guy got a Rolodex. We need to make like a rejoin that just has like the flipping sound of a Rolodex because I'm an old man and I think of like flipping through the cards. Every once in a while, Harry just flips through the cards and shoots out a group text and says, hey. You want this guy, and we all say, "Oh my God, yes!" James White joining us now, three-time Super Bowl champion. All right, James, I'm gonna ask you a question nobody else in the world will ever ask you, and you can absolutely take me to school on this. But we had a raging debate yesterday when your name came up because our producer Evan defines you as three-time Super Bowl champion plus the only player in Super Bowl history to score an overtime touchdown, which I thought was maybe the dumbest fact ever to lead with. But he says that means I hate history. How much? That like, how often do you put that extra? I'm the only player in Super Bowl history to score an overtime touchdown on your name?
0: No, you know, I honestly don't even think about it too much. I think most people usually bring it up to me more than I really think about it. I think now that I'm retired, I can probably think about it a little bit more, but it is cool to be a part of history, and obviously everybody, you know, as a player in the NFL hopes and dreams to be able to make it to the Super Bowl and to win it, and I was fortunate enough to, you know, be in three of them or be in four of them and win three of them, so I'm Definitely blessed the fortunate enough to, you know, step foot in that game and put my own mark on it.
2: And, James, you actually said you forgot to get the ball at the in that touchdown <laughs> in Super Bowl 51. Have you ever gotten a chance to get that ball back?
0: No, no, they took that ball <laughs> as, soon, <laughs> as soon as I scored. I wasn't even thinking about it, though. But as soon as I scored, they took that ball from me. And obviously I have no idea. I think it's in the Patriot Hall of right now as well with the rest of my – Jersey cleats, and all that good stuff. They took that away from me.
1: Wait, 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 wait. wait. Can you not Whoa. go back and like, ask for like—is there not a moment where you go back and you're like, hey, guys, I appreciate that it's in your Hall of Fame, but I would like it in my house. Like, Do, do we not get to do that, James? I, th-
0: I think I might try now that I'm retired. I might try, I might try and do that. See, kids,
2: they, they do I, I hear you, buddy. I'm going to try and do that now. Man, <laughs> now that man said I, he won't Ant-Man. You need to turn on Ant-Man. Yeah. Yeah, you know kids, you know. What I mean? <laughs> all right,
0: so we were talking a lot
1: James about Tom Brady and I know it's hard to put somebody like that his career into perspective. If you had to tell everybody, when I say Tom Brady, sort of what that means to you? What do you think when I say Tom Brady?
0: For me it's the the greatest player of all time, a great person, man. You know, as a rookie stepping into that building and stepping into a franchise obviously that already had a lot of success, you you walk in there, you see guys like Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, Gronk, uh, Devin McCourty, I had Darrell Rivas that year, all type of guys. And just the way Tom Brady was able to, you know, kind of set the standard for each and every person that stepped inside that building from an undrafted reagent to, you know, a guy like Stefan Gilmore who came onto our team and was like the highest paid player at the time. He just sets the standard for everybody for the way you... Your practice, the way you study, the way you compete, and he just elevates the level of play for everybody. So they just, uh, a- Ultimate football player, and the greatest first, greatest player of all time, in my
1: opinion. Uh, okay, I got to ask both of you guys a question. That I want to throw this out, uh, James, and then then Harry, because you guys got to educate me. I'm obviously not an athlete. Uh, you, it's not the first time I hear set the standard. Why is it so difficult for teams not like the Patriots, not like Tom Brady? Why is setting the standard such a difficult thing? Because in my mind, I just think like, hey, if the standard's the standard, and we could set it and win Super Bowls, why doesn't everybody do that, James?
0: It's it's hard. Uh, first you have to have the right coach set in place and the coach has to set the tone first and then those veteran guys, those guys that are a little bit more experienced, they have to set the tone for the you know, the younger guys. There's a lot of guys, you know, guys are about their money, they're about getting their stats and it may not necessarily always be about winning championships, but when you have a coach who can relay the message, then you have better guys who can keep that message and, you know, go out there and perform there and practice, study hard, do all those good things. It just—it's like a trickle-down effect, and everybody has to be checked every single day they step into that building, make sure they're in the right frame of mind to go out there and win.
2: Yeah, I also think it's a, it's a case of who's willing to sacrifice, right? Sacrifice yeah. little things for a greater good and not everybody is willing to do that because you do have some players on teams that like to individualize a lot of things but when you can have everyone 1-53 through 53 on that roster including the coaching staff, including management and everybody involved within the organization that sacrifices that's when you know you have something special and you might not win multiple Super Bowls you might win one, you might win two but your, 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 your play is going to be consistent because number one, it starts at the top and it trickles down to the bottom within the veterans and within the coaching staff, but it all starts at, I would even say the owner too, and and, and the GM and the president, it all starts there.
1: Yeah, it's just interesting to me from the outside looking in, guys, because it just, it feels so. And this is oversimplification, but as somebody that's just a fan of football, it's like, man, I just need everybody to be committed to winning, and then we can have Patriot like success. It's just it's wild, Harry.
2: But Jane but I did want to ask James, like all the years that you played with Tom Brady, what was his highest moment when you played with him that you witnessed? But also, what was uh, you know his lowest moment as well?
0: his highest moment that's, that's tough yeah he had plenty of high moments <laughs> when I was there for for me I think his highest moment uh, I feel like it was the year we beat the Atlanta Falcons just because oh, you know man. he was suspended for the four games you know earlier on that year he comes back and this you can quote unquote call like a revenge tour type of thing just came in locked in ready to go we end up winning a championship that year I guess probably like his lowest moment would have to be you know his last year in New England we just we weren't a very good football team that year. I know we started off like nine and zero or something like that, but we weren't playing really good football teams. But our offense, we just, you know, we didn't necessarily perform the way we needed to. You know, week in and week out, our defense pretty much carried us a good part of the season. And eventually, you know, that's that's going to stop offenses to do their part. So, I mean, we definitely had an emotional year that year, and he ended up going to Tampa the next year.
1: All right, James, you, you mentioned you retired. Now, what, what, like, what, what's filling your time? What do you enjoy doing?
0: Uh, just you know chasing my kids around three and two-year-old they have a lot of energy so spending time with them and just trying to get into broadcast and radio like how you guys are doing right here so just waiting for something to, to fall into place
1: man we really appreciate your time we appreciate your stories we appreciate your insight thanks for hanging out with us have a great uh, have a great uh, off season enjoy a little bit of time chasing kids uh, but best of luck man we appreciate you hanging with us Thank you. I appreciate you having me. It's James White. It was Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. I Again, Harry, I'm not going to oversimplify what it takes to win. I just hear the greats that played with Brady, and they always talk about the standard is the standard. And it just drives part of my mind crazy because then it's like, man, shouldn't the standard be the standard for every I know, I know it's not that easy, but like, shouldn't the standard be the standard for everybody? Shouldn't everybody want to make every little sacrifice? Why can't my favorite team do it? Speaking of which, why I can't have nice things. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. I can't have nice things. It's that simple. Maybe I don't want nice things. Maybe I won't let myself have them. But especially when it comes to my beloved Raiders, to the team I have tattooed on my body, to the team that I've rooted for since I was a kid, to the, the team that is the reason I do what I do every single day for a living, I'm not sure I'm ready for some of the rumors. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM XM Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, and here's the thing. I follow several Vegas accounts. Vegas is where I'm from. Vegas is where I was born. Now, I was born, I should note to anybody that doesn't know, I was born in Vegas when the Raiders were in L.A. So I grew up an L.A. Raiders fan. Then they went to Oakland, and that's fine. I was an Oakland Raiders fan, and then it just happened to be that the team that literally is tattooed on my body is uh, moved to Vegas. So my favorite team moved to my hometown. So, you know, now I'm all in. Right? I was already all in, but it goes to a totally different level when it hits your hometown. I'm the first to acknowledge that. So there's a Twitter account that I followed too that uh, plenty of people around Vegas follow that, you know, just sort of keeps you updated on the rumors of Las Vegas and they tweeted out, innocently enough, uh, where is Aaron Rodgers going to buy his new house? What neighborhood? Uh, And and all of a sudden what we get is uh, they were asking Devontae Adams and Devontae Adams just responded with mine, that's it. So the question was which neighborhood is Aaron Rodgers moving to Devontae Adams says mine. Yeah. meh. I don't want it. I'm out. Oh. I don't want Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I don't. I like Aaron Rodgers isn't going to make the Raiders competitive with Kansas City. Uh, we know this, Harry. Like he's not going to make them better. Is, this is this is
2: mind boggling for me because you. And I, we talked what last week or the week before. We talked about Tom Brady potentially being you and know, led to the Raiders. You didn't, didn't want him. It. We're talking about the future Hall of Famer. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers, a future Hall of Famer, a guy that can spin it, a guy that I once wanted to play with. If I had a choice to pick anybody I could play with other than the quarterbacks that I had, Aaron Rodgers would have been that guy. Because why? He puts the ball right in the bread basket. He puts the ball right between your numbers. He can throw any pass on the football field. That, that's, that's just Aaron Rodgers. You don't want him. Fitz, what do you want? Because I don't know at this point. I don't know if you want them to draft a rookie. I don't know if you want them to bring Derek Carr back. Obviously not bring Derek Carr back. I don't know if you want Stim to be the head man uh, in charge as a quarterback. What do you want, Fitz? Because I'm confused because you have confused me.
1: I want the Chiefs to cut Patrick Mahomes or the Bengals to cut Joe Burrow and then one of those two to be signed by the Raiders. Short of that... Uh, look, I think what's <laughs> most realistic that I want is I want the Raiders to get one of the top two quarterbacks in the draft, even if they have to move up to do it. So that means at least you're moving up for C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. I think that makes the most sense. What I think is is probably more realistic is that if the Raiders stay where they are, they end up with the third or fourth best quarterback in the draft, in which case, give me Jimmy G uh, as a stopgap quarterback. I know people are going to roll their eyes and they're like, oh, Jimmy G sucks. He doesn't Jimmy suck. He's G. just he's just not great. Yeah, but, you, but you're only taking him as a bridge, right? Like, you realize that. Aaron Rodgers okay, get, ain't gonna be you, no bridge. I yeah, I mean,
2: no, 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 he's not.
1: I mean, you're taking Jimmy G. G he's a bridge. Like Jimmy G. Is that I? You know, he's sort of like I, I. I don't want to be single, but I don't want to be in a relationship. But, so you know, have just you've
2: told me over the past. What does Mark Davis like?
1: Mark Davis loves stars. He
2: loves stars. Is Jimmy G. Well, we know Jimmy, Jimmy G. G's is not a star, star. I mean,
1: <laughs> but it looks like we're a talking star. about football here.
2: If is I was the Jimmy biggest G. star Jimmy Garoppolo, or, the, or is the biggest star Aaron Rodgers?
1: Yeah, but like, so you tell me. I, I'm I'm putting Aaron Rodgers on this team, and yes, with with Darren Waller, Devonte Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Josh Jacobs, who I think they're going to franchise if they can't work out a deal. You now have a juggernaut of an offense, although you got no offensive line, and you need nine new starters on the defense. What is that? An eight win team, nine win team? Like, is that worth it? Would you mortgage your future to win eight or nine games next year? Because that's that's real with that roster in that division, right? Oh,
2: that, that's that's a good point. That's a good point because they do need more pieces defensively, and I, don't, I just don't think we're at a point where you can just outscore people. We've seen the Kansas City Chiefs and their defense, and Chris Jones had to step up and those young guys in the secondary. right? We've seen the Philadelphia Eagles and what they were able to do uh, versus the San Francisco 49ers in that run game. And uh, Granted, they didn't have a quarterback at the position to, to play at a high level, but still, we've seen that defense the entire year. So you are right. You can't just be a juggernaut offensive you also have to have the pieces in place defensively but I'm looking at this as seeing Devontae Adams is, is that a subliminal message Devontae Adams is trying to tell management for the Raiders Oh, mine my, I mean so that's a subliminal message man he's trying to let them know like hey I want Aaron Rodgers back here because we have made a lot of music together in the past when we both have played for the Green Bay Packers.
1: I mean, you've got Devontae in his prime, Max Crosby in his prime, Josh Jacobs in his prime, Hunter Renfro in his prime, and Darrell Waller probably near the end of whatever his window is, right? Like, You don't really want to waste a year of all of that with mediocrity at the quarterback position. I totally hear that. I also, though, hear me, like I think Mac Jones is not good. Uh, He's not a good quarterback in my mind. He looked pretty good with Josh McDaniels as his offensive coordinator. Now, Raiders fans are already out on Josh McDaniels. I know last year didn't go the way anybody wanted it to go, myself included. But I have seen what I think is at best a mediocre, maybe less than mediocre rookie quarterback come out and look pretty good. Which, Josh is so maybe the answer is like, even I'll, I'll stretch my boundaries. I'll say Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, or no, I can't do it. I can't say Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. Like, you and I both know those guys need time, right? So, maybe a Jimmy G combo with one of those guys would feel okay, but you're not drafting a quarterback seven overall that's going to sit for two years. So, I don't know what the hell we're supposed to do.
2: Well, I will say this, though, for De- Devontae Adams' sake, like, I. He's probably feeling some type of way because this is not what he signed up for. He signed up to go play with his best friend and Derek Carr and left Aaron Rodgers. Now they're in a situation where Derek Carr is not going to be the quarterback in Las Vegas, and then the question mark still lies about who is going to be the next quarterback. Do you think for one bit that Devontae Adams would rather have Jimmy Garoppolo throwing him the football versus Aaron Rodgers?
1: No, but and by the way, the 49ers yesterday, Kyle Shanahan made it clear they're done. They are done with whatever conversation there is That's to be what had about said Jimmy they say once Jim. before, too, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, I mean, that, that they is said fair. that once before. I mean, a, a, a thousand percent. Like, Jimmy's going to test the open market. He's going to date for a little bit. He's going to swipe right and left, and then he's going to end up right back with San Francisco. I could totally see that happening, even if they say it won't. But hear me out on this. You and I both watched a lot of C.J. Stroud last year. Imagine you spend a little money on the offensive line and you bring C.J. Stroud into a situation where he's throwing to Devontae, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, and handing off to Josh Jacobs. Like, you want to tell me that there's a better situation in recent memory for a rookie quarterback to come into than that offense with those weapons? Here's the only thing.
2: Hmm? If we talk about this, we haven't seen Bryce Young. Now, granted, I think Bryce Young is going to be a phenomenal pro. I'm just spitting facts right now. We haven't seen Jimmy... uh, Bryce Young do it at a high level in the National Football League. We have seen Aaron Rodgers do it at a high level in the National Football League. No, That's, that's fair. the only thing. One's proven, one still has to prove.
1: Yeah, no, that is fair. Man, I mean, and if Aaron Rodgers ends up there... It's going to be a really big story, and we'll talk about the Raiders. Oh, I'm going to have fun laughing I, at you. I the won't have to season. do like I won't have to do any research any day. I won't even you're have gonna to, have, like, think, to you're but, gonna have to love them. You're going to have to like him. I'm going to have to root for him, right? Like, and then I'm going to have to actually like like uh, am I going to go out there and suddenly like be in love with the 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 interview process? Of Aaron Rodgers? Like, I I don't know. You
2: don't have a choice. That's I, your team. I, that, you have yeah, to stick I, beside I your guy. I,
1: I know. I'm just. I don't feel good about that. Like I don't. I'm in this moment right now where I'm scared, Harry. I am scared. You know of know, I'm nonsense. rocking
2: with the Falcons and the Titans. Yes, I said two teams, ladies and gentlemen. I play for both organizations. Yeah, I'm rocking right. with them.
1: Yeah, they're rocking with them. And and you know, two teams, zero quarterbacks for the future. I'm just saying, you both of your favorite teams what? have no answers. They no we answers. We have
2: Desmond Ritter.
1: Yeah, exactly. So like I said, both of your teams have no answer at the quarterback position. The Falcons would be drafting wow. a quarterback in next year's draft. I'm just calling that earlier. Yeah, shade. I'm throwing all this. I can say. You can't because you love the organization. I
2: can't wait. I want y'all to clip this off. I can't wait.
1: Clip it, save it, and let me know when I'm right. The Cowboys are sending mixed messages to Dak. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio.